Hey, what's going on, motivators? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Today is the 15th of April. Jeez. Tax day, huh? Extended to May uh, May 15th, I believe. Push back a little bit because tax is going to be so fucked up this year. Because of the pandemic and everything. Who knows? Who knows what the hell's going on? This is an interesting uh, note about tax day or taxes. So I've got, uh, it's not my forte. Like I don't do my own taxes when I was a a wee lad and I was, um, you know, I had no assets and no income and I was in, you know, college or grad school. It was pretty simple math. This is the money that I made, not a whole lot. And, uh, I was just, you know, some days I could be a big boy studying hard training hard so that someday I could be a big boy and I could have a bunch of things and then I would have to get a tax professional clearly because I had wound up having a couple businesses and generating some pretty decent income for a sole proprietor you know for a small businessman operative term small you know we're talking about whatever you know I, I generate some good income for um for one man, you know, I supported my family for uh, uh, on my lonesome for quite a while, ten years, something like that. It wasn't uh, a shit, an awesome living, but I, I make each year I improve and I I have done pretty well. Okay, I continue to do fairly well. Oddly, during the pandemic, when some people are unemployed and there's a lot of hardship out there, I've. Um, I've been busier than ever, you know, striving to serve people well, trying to get the word out, but not too much, you know, every once in a while I have somebody call the office and say, every year actually, a couple times a year, um, this golf, local golf club, Pinecrest, they'll call up and be like, hey, uh, hey, you know, we got our, this and that's going on, you want to sponsor it, you get in front of a bunch of local businesses and people and you get the awareness, and I'll be like, listen guys, I don't, Honestly, if I had a shitload, or other solicitors, you know, uh, marketing opportunities, there are um, all the time emails. Hey, chiropractors are really hurting during this time. You know, I don't know how you're doing, but if you could use 15 to 30 new patients a week, the fuck am I going to do with 15 to 30 new patients a week, man? I honestly don't, you know, not be in... boastful necessarily, but if I had 30 new patients a week, or even 15, with the current volume that I see now, I would have to get an associate doctor, I would have to grow, to look for a new venue, all that shit, so, um, and it would be more stress, and yeah, more income, but anyway, um, I'm, I'm doing pretty well, is what I'm saying, and I do my best. It's hard work. Yesterday I came home after a long day at the office. And it was... I was smoked, man. Like, only now. I woke up at like 9.30 this morning. And came in and out of consciousness. Between 9.30 and 10. Just because... I mean, that was by design. I, I was able to sleep in today. I had no teaching. But it takes a lot out of me. 
to do the work that I do. And so, yeah, there's a lot of benefits to being your own boss, but it's also physically and mentally exhausting. So I got home, and my wife had these two, I was starving Marvin, my wife had these two delectable crab cake sandwiches, big fucking Costco crab cakes, and big dollops of fucking, like an ice cream scoop of crab, very, very good, they got that recipe down, um, and I scarfed them down, and I was so thankful, but I was so, you know, she's, Mandy's, she's on the elliptical, she's doing her thing, everybody's winding down for the day, school, work is over, and now I'm like, shit, you know, let's, I, I, my point is, I was so just spent that I didn't even thank her for a wonderful meal, Now I usually do, but I feel bad about, about things like that, the consideration other people have for me, and the, the lengths that people go to, to do the things that seem small, but take a great deal of effort from folks, from usually my wife, or my staff at the office, and do a lot of things that, that take a burden off of me, and I'm still plum tuckered out, and I'm known for my stamina, so it's just, <laughs> so you know I'm working hard, so anyway, um, we are talking about taxes a little bit, every year, my wife is like, oh, I don't know, it looks like, you know, our tax professionals who, you know, they're doing the shit now, so they're crunching the numbers and doing the bookkeeping and, do, and doing the, uh, the tax work, and my wife will always get distraught if we have to pay, if we don't get a refund. Well, the thing is, the refund days are over. When you really start earning, the refund days are over. Right? You are now a big boy or girl, and you got to pay taxes. If you make money, you got to pay taxes on it. Now, there are ways to, you know, make a charitable donation, uh, do some, uh, you know, put some, uh, an investment into your business in some way, buy equipment or whatever. There are ways to reduce your tax liability. And of course, we, as mentioned in the last podcast, we had scumbags, the highest levels of our society, corporations and individuals who have worked their ass off, and they're millionaires and billionaires, but they seem to think that they shouldn't have to pay taxes, or that they pay enough, or, you know, uh, skirt around the rules and, and do things their own way to avoid paying taxes. I don't know how we should feel about that, you know, I, I certainly, I am proud to pay taxes, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to pay taxes if it goes to something that is going to really benefit our society, right? So this year, I don't know, we got to pay 10 grand, something like that in taxes. Maybe. And that's a year where we suffered a pandemic, so I don't know how the hell we still got to pay a lot of taxes, but we can, we can pay that. We can, what's good is that I can, I can pay that. I can afford that. I have that money so we can pay those taxes. And it does indicate to me that we have made a good living, and that hey, it's just the nature of the beast. You make money, you gotta you gotta pay taxes on it. Death and taxes, they say, right? Two inevitabilities. So years ago, I would have been had all kinds of sticker shock about shit like that. Now I'm kind of like, all right, it's the way it is. You know, it does mean that that we've generated an income. So 
in some way, maybe we can be proud of, of the taxes that we have to pay because we've actually earned a money beyond that. And then if we fix our bridges and roads and provide health care and, and you know, do all these things that we, we uh, expect the politicians to create policy around to keep make and keep our country great, then fuck it, man. My taxes are, are put to good use. This is what people are talking about when they say, well, as a taxpayer, I you know, object to this or this is what I would like. Because we do have skin in the game and we reserve the right to, to go out and vote and to try to lobby or advocate for things that are meaningful to us. Just my friggin' two cents, pun intended, on taxes. So here I am, I got a bowl full of friggin' scrambled eggs my son made. I got friggin' eggs two ways, because I got chicken salad from the Mennonite market. I got a little friggin' coleslaw in there, I know it sounds strange. I got a little frickin' uh, baby Gouda cheese in there. I'm going to scarf that down. And I got something else in there. It's going to be delicious. Oh, some blackberries. So I'm going to go frickin' pick away at that while I prepare for my first patient in the afternoon. My 1 p.m. with a fly fisher, fly fisherman, uh, businessman. Got a business called the Classic Fly Fisherman. Just a stone's throw from my office. Good dude. Really like him a lot. Like helping him check out, if you're a fisherman or a fisherwoman, check out for again the classic fly fisherman. I bet you didn't know there's a fly fishing shop in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. So there's that. Uh, to put, uh, you know, a uh, little friggin' random note on something I was talking about last night, tribalism comes up a lot in my frustration with the way people are at, at each other's throats. Um, what I read a little news article yesterday about um, you know something that really de- depicts this in a uh, embellished way, which is fighting, uh, boxing, mixed martial arts. There's a, um, a guy who just lost his title, Conor McGregor. Right, he's an Irishman. The Irish are known for their scrappiness and their shit talking and their resilience, their grittiness and. He's an excellent fighter, an awesome, awesome fighter. He's got quite a personality, too, and part of his deal is he really goes after the mental picture, and he will talk shit and, you know, pretend that the opponent is his enemy and talk about predicting the strike that he's going to knock him out, the opponent out with, and really getting aggressive with it. Most famously, he and uh, uh, boxing, I think a light lightweight champion or middleweight champion of the world, forget the hell his name is, I don't know how, I'm not a huge fan of boxing, but we all know who that is, he fought this guy, uh, and actually did pretty well in a boxing match, so no kicks, no takedowns, none of that shit, uh, he fought this guy, and during the, that time, he created, it was like a, uh, a showcase of tribalism. You know, calling each other names and saying, I'm going to do this, you're my bitch, you're this, that, and the other thing. Really talking trash. And it was kind of accepted because, well, this is boxing, this is fighting, this is aggression, and this is the way that these guys behave because they're going to try to take each other apart and knock each other's heads off in the ring. It's the epitome of pugilism. Well, what's, what's wrong with them talking shit about each other? Well, 
And he made like 500 million on that fight or something ridiculous to fight a guy who we all knew was going to beat him at least points wise and could evade him all day long. Um, but he it was a big payday for him and a high profile fight. Now this guy, Conor McGregor, he fought in uh, MMA not too long ago, you know, four or six months ago, whatever. He got knocked out by this guy, Dustin Poirier. Poirier, whatever the fuck his name is, from Louisiana. So I'd never really heard of that guy because I've been out of the MMA circle for a while, but this guy knocked him out, and that's Conor McGregor's used to dominantly dominating every fight. Look, every dog has his day. Every dog has his day. So you're going to, if you're going to fight, you're going to, at some point, you're going to lose a fight, and you're going to get caught, whatever the case. It was not, you know, a matter of chance. Dustin, Dustin beat the shit out of this guy, knocked him out. So the guy who's so used to talking shit, Conor McGregor, now has to take some of his own medicine. And uh, there's a rematch, you know, that's what everybody wants to do after there's a, a close fight or a fight with a lot of animosity. People want to see that again. And so the promoters are more than happy to uh, promote the fight and generate more income and excitement about this. And they embrace and encourage, to a degree, the um, all the back and forth, the... Uh, the shit talking in order to get there because it builds up a crescendo of enthusiasm for the fight and they just can't wait for these guys that clearly hate each other to fight. So something happened and uh, Conor McGregor said, well, I predict I'm going to hit him and knock him out with a front kick. The guy who just beat him and, and uh, took his title, he's saying this and he's going to kick the guy and you know, uh, Conor McGregor saying he's going to knocked this guy out with a front kick. So the guy said, oh, okay, yeah. You know, and, and, and there was more shit talked. And then the uh, Dustin Poirier says, well, you said you, that if I beat you, you're going to donate $500,000 to my charity. And you didn't. So basically knocking the guy's integrity, which is appropriate if that was a promise he made. And apparently Dustin Poirier, even though he fought, he fought and might have lost a certain... Uh, really high-profile fighters like uh, um, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Forget, I don't know how to pronounce it better than that. Uh, so Khabib was like dominant fighter. He must have beat this guy's ass. He gave like fight gear, like gloves and trunks and stuff like that. Donated them to this guy's charity because he's really trying to. It's called the Good Fight or something like that. He's really trying to help these people. You know, make this charity of substance, give back, you know, for whatever his rationale is for that, he's doing a good thing, so, <clears throat> that's pretty cool, what's not cool is that apparently this guy did not, Conor McGregor did not donate to his charity, but, you know, he really got butthurt about that and came back and said, you fuck, I'm going to fucking da-da-da. You never gave me directions as to where the money was going to go and da 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 And, and we're not gonna, I'm not going to fight you again and it's going to be uh, whatever. So there's all this mudslinging back and forth and now charity is at the, now something good that apparently is, as far as we know, it's a worthwhile charity and it's something that... that we probably shouldn't involve in the shit-talking. 
somebody must have gotten talking with those two, Dana White, presumably, who is the, uh, the owner of UFC, and said, listen, guys, people want to see the fight. Stop saying you're not going to fight each other and stop talking shit. You know, people want to see this fight. You're going to make a ton of money. Just shut up and be there. And they're all like, okay, okay, we'll fight them. I'll fight them. But now Dustin Poirier is saying, you know what? I, I regret saying what I said about the charity. I shouldn't have involved my charity in this in this nonsense, in this mudslinging. And I I give that guy a pat on the back, a lot of credit for doing that, because I think I feel like that's what we all need to do. If you find yourself disagreeing with somebody or you know, for whatever reason, the humanity in us, the empath in us. Um, our better nature needs to prevail and say, you know what, I'm not going to say something that I didn't mean. I'm not going to do something and, and make threats and I know that this is a big fight and we're going back and forth, we're supposed to hate one another, we're on opposing sides of the battlefield, but, you know, can't we all just get along? This is going back to our my podcast of last night. You know, you think about all the animosity that is out there, that exists on behalf of, of people in our society. And um, my friend, for instance, who has the neighbor and the property line dispute and the horticulture, ripping each other's horticulture out and, you know, distrusting one another, having to put up a big force field when you walk out of your driveway, you see your neighbor. You know, we've all felt a little bit of that, you know, neighbor rubs you the wrong way, and then all of a sudden you build this big contrived um, storyline about why you can't get along. You know, I, I've had those myself. Just disagree with somebody, and you're like, oh, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to talk to them anymore. I'm not going to have anything to do with them. I'm just going to keep to myself. But I I think we, we all owe it to ourselves and our species to just try to be kind to use our brain and rather than lashing out and uh, becoming callous and um, divisive, when our tendency is to do that, especially in a very hostile environment, we take on that, um, we take that on, we take on that spirit, that, that theme, and I think that it's a terrible thing. I think that we need to fight that tendency. We need to, um, like these fighters are doing. You know, at least one of them is saying, you know what? I'm not going to bring my charity into this. I'm trying to do good with it. And I'm going to um, continue to do good with it and help people. I'm not going to talk shit about this guy. And I appreciate any donation he could give. So don't make, your, don't make the good that you could do part of the argument. You know, keep try to keep that separate. If you're doing something, you know, um, to help people, preserve that at all costs. Do whatever you can to preserve that and to see through beyond override the bullshit because it's just in your way. Yes, you might have a property line dispute with your neighbor. You might not like that person because they slighted you on one particular occasion. Perhaps. But... Maybe you could get over that and be more at peace. When you walk out of your house, you could see your neighbor and wave your hand and genuinely care and be sensitive to them, what they might have going on in their lives. 
and just try to, you know, see things through a different lens. I think we really need to do that. So that's my two cents for today. I see the oak peters are growing off of these trees. Big oak trees growing their uh, male genitalia that'll fall to the ground and make a mess, just like the leaves did in the, in the fall. Now we've got the oak peters that are getting that pollen emitted and uh, fertilization. Hey, oh my God, on the way home, I'm going to talk about cicadas. They're called these cicada um, uh, number 10 brood 10 cicadas they're going to come out next month and they're going to be fucking badass man they're going to burrow out of the ground I think every 17 years they come out or every 10 years I don't know is that what they call them group 10 brood 10 cicadas so every 10 years they're going to come out and they're going to every so often they're going to come out and they're going to fucking crawl out of the ground and they're going to the males are going to climb all the way to the top of the trees and they're going to sing and then they're going to reproduce and the females reproduce and they fall to the ground and then the cicadas, they, um, they burrow back into the ground for another period of time. And you know what they do? They listen, they, they, they sense this, that, how they know their clock, how they determine the, the time uh, when it's time is right for them to emerge again. On what particular spring, they're sensing the growth cycles of the trees in their little rootlets by the chemistry that's emitted by the roots, by the, wor the world wood web. How cool is that? And they know it's time to come out after a number of these cycles, so that's pretty cool. We'll talk more about that. I read a cool article about that last night. 